Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, Gordo. Of course, uh, Jake at our Vivint Smart Home Arena Studios. Gordon safely social distancing at Casa de Monson. And now joining us via the interweb for the entire 5 o'clock hour from Casa de Bowler, the great Gordo. Uh, Lisa's Craig, pet name for me is Bowler. The great Craig Bowler, Jack. What's up, Bowler? Austin, how are you? How are you, Jake? Terrific, Bowler. How are you? Uh, doing well other than you're staring right at Austin this whole time. How are things? Yeah, I see Hassan's got his two uh, very safe. He's got the gloves on. I can see in the studio, and I see disinfectant. Looks like he sprays everything down. Yeah, he locks the door. Look at that. It's amazing. Well done. Well done. Well, Bowler, we've been very careful around here. Like I think everybody is, is uh, we adapt to at least life for now. We're doing some different things, you know, the masks and the gloves, as you mentioned with Austin. We're we're wiping down the studio four times a day. You know, it's just kind of how life is for the moment. It is life, you know, and I hope that we find a way uh, soon to return to norm. But again, as we've always discussed, it's got to be right under the under the right circumstances and Hopefully it's sooner than later. Hopefully. So let me get this straight. Is Austin wearing a hazmat suit? Uh, Gordo, just he's got a blue T-shirt on uh, with a lanyard. Uh, he's got his stylish glasses that I can see and then a pair of, uh, you know, blue surgical gloves. <laughs> I, I can't tell if he's ready to go in or he just came out of surgery. But <laughs> uh, That's funny. What would Austin... Uh... Would you really want Austin operating on you? Is that something? That, uh, is that something? No, no, no. I don't I'd, think. So. I'd be gentle with Bowler, uh, right? Oh, yeah. I like Bowler, and he'd probably have a, a pretty steady hand. But I, I don't know. The whole "you don't know what you're doing" thing might get in the way. If you, if you got my first aid badge, if you had to perform a surgery on Bowler, uh, Austin, what what surgery? If you had to, here's a dangerous which, question. Which oh, surgery <laughs> would you perform? Would you feel most? I'd remove the corns confident. off those feet for your bowler. I'd take okay. care of that for you right yeah. away. Yeah. Those are nasty. <laughs> nasty. You got yourself some bunions, do you, bowler? Get those filed down for you, stat. I'll be honest, guys. You've been in locker rooms, obviously, but here's the bottom line: the ugliest feet, NBA feet. Oh yeah. I, I, I mean, what wasn't it? Shaq's feet. Great. I've got like I dropped a twenty pound weight on one of my big toes years ago. Oof. I mean, I did a lot of damage, if you know what I mean. But I tell you, in that locker room, sometimes you better be prepared because you can a little aghast at what you see. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, I, those pictures of Shaq's feet still oh, haunt my brutal. dreams. I mean, it's just just brutal for sure. Well, Bowler, hey, we had Dennis Lindsay on in the three o'clock hour, and of course, you know, the relationship between uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert has been a hot topic throughout all of this. We remember the athletic report and the appearance on Good Morning America and all of it. Well, Dennis uh, spoke to us. We asked him right about it on the show, and this this answer, it's a couple minutes long, Bowler, but I want you to hear it as we want to get your reaction to it. Austin, go ahead. 
Executive Vice President of Basketball Operations for the Jazz, Dennis Lindsay, with us here on the Big Show. And uh, Dennis, of course, during all of this, we've seen the we saw the report in the Athletic uh, talking about the relationship between Rudy and Donovan. Uh, ask your thoughts on that and and the relationship uh, of your All Stars currently. Sure, sure, guys. You know, again, what happened on. March 12th at Oklahoma City uh, just brought a microscope to a team that was really unprecedented and the best I can tell you guys is we not only believe in Donovan and Rudy but we believe in the, the entire group moving forward you know specifically those two they're both ready to move forward as professionals uh, we've spoken to both privately. Uh, they know the quality of our team. Uh, maybe even more importantly, they know how much they need each other. Um, you know, we've never made one proactive uh, trade call on either one. Uh, they're the type of unique talents and competitors that we're looking for. Uh, to be frank, we need more uniquely talented and competitors like them, not less. Uh, we're not tired of Rudy at any level. That's nonsense. No player, uh, owner, coach has ever asked me to trade Rudy Gobert. Um, and you know, as you guys know, relationships are part of every team. And we're very confident in our collective character in the locker room. And, and frankly, I, I think how we were able to go about this and be measured and be patient. I think our group will come together. Uh, I think the next step obviously is everybody getting in the locker room together and I expect great things to happen. And I expect that we're going to have a, a really close, uh, and very hungry team, uh, coming out of this COVID-19 hiatus period. What do you think Bowler? You know, I was on uh, the Zoom call. I'm not sure if that was at the bottom of the 3 o'clock hour or was just before. We were on about 3, 3.02, and he echoed those same comments to a group of media, Jake and Gordo, and it was very consistent to what I just heard uh, concerning both Rudy and Donovan and the trade. Uh, the no rumor from Dennis's mouth was they have not initiated a phone call for trade of Gobert. And, you know, you, you have to, as you sat, stand there or sit here listening to that, you know, you trust Dennis, those words ring true, that both players have discussed the issue, and you do hope you move forward. My only question is, again, Dennis talked a little bit about it during our conversation with him about, you know, the financial investment that has to um, – has to be might looked at under a microscope because Rudy, as we all know, is eligible for the max, the max contract, and Donovan has a a super max. Pardon me, a super max, and the max for Donovan. So you hope that everything that Dennis just mentioned that Rudy and Donovan for sure are on the same page because for the Miller family and this organization and this fan base, it's a monumental decision to keep both those players uh, financially. And so you have to know in your heart that what was has passed and they can move forward with the goal of winning a championship with pieces that will be added uh, in the next year or two. So intriguing, a really intriguing comment. And, you know, you hope that Donovan and Rudy are both at a place in their career 
that they can move past it. I understand uh, why they would be upset or why Donovan would be more than Rudy, uh, but also at the same time, after I watched The Last Dance, I think every franchise has chaotic moments. And obviously, look at the greatness. And granted, it's great to have a Michael Jordan on your team, but uh, they had to move you know, past several situations and uh, championships of plenty and more to come uh, to against the Jazz. So, uh, yeah, I hope. I hope that uh, they ha- they can and have moved forward. Be best for everybody. Bowler, beyond the money, uh, Dennis seemed to be suggesting that both the team and the players realize the quality of the team and that they believe, well, I'm reading between the lines here, that they believe they can do some things, do some damage with this group. And that's pretty important because those two things are very much connected. They're, I think the Jazz would be willing to pay that money if they think that uh, they can truly compete for a championship. And that's the well, big question. I totally agree. I think Dennis made reference to it today with our discussion that, you know, I think the payroll has been in fairly uh, stable condition for several years. And they've kind of prepared, right, guys? I mean, I think that's what I've gotten from uh, Justin and Dennis and the Miller family over the last three to five years is, you know, especially after they got Gobert and now Donovan, uh, they've, they've looked ahead to this particular time in the place of the franchise and have prepared the best they can for it. And knowing that, um, I think this team is still hungry. And I still think that they both have unique skill sets and how they actually are able to interact on the floor and understand one has a different unique set of skills versus the other. And if they respect both of those skill sets, then you come together and you meld as a team. Sometimes controversy is good. Sometimes it makes you stronger. And you hope that's the case uh, with Rudy and Donovan. Sometimes it splits teams or the locker room apart. And, you know, Dennis made an interesting point, again, that he felt that this team was really making strides with 18 games to play to really hit their stride in this season. And there were some signs, I thought, from my chair that, you know, the Jazz were starting to really focus on what was and what needed to be done. And, you know, whether or not we play the remaining part of the season or just go straight to the playoffs or not, or not, or just have an asterisk beside 2019 and 20, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, it would be it would be interesting to see if this team uh, can jump back into a playoff scenario. But also, Jake, here's the other part of it. How many teams maybe lost the edge and how who who regains it and who doesn't if they come back to a camp and then start to play? It'd be really interesting uh, how a team, which team ignites themselves in this league to, to run for a title. Would it be the Jazz? Would they be in the middle of it? I think that's the thing I think a lot of fans want to see, and I hope we do. I hope we do. That's the huge wild card in this whole thing, Bowler, if they get back up and running for some sort of, of playoff. I mean, is is it LeBron's to be had because he's getting all this rest at, at his age? You know, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you would think that they would be 100% healthy if they, they restart things. Denver has been battling injury issues all year. Um, you know, the Jazz were just getting kind of used to having Mike Conley back, and, you know, that came to an abrupt end. Does that continue? I mean, those th- these, are, these are crazy, crazy questions that we have no idea what the answer is because we've never been through anything like this before. 
Yeah, we're living it. Uh, I think every fan is living it. They, you know, every, we're all living it together. And in the East, you wonder about, you know, Antetokounmpo and the Bucks, and where's Philadelphia, where's Boston, uh, where's Miami. I mean, there's, there's all sorts of great stories and scenarios. It's almost if they do restart, it's almost like the feeling I had, Gordo, and, and March Madness, when each team probably would start thinking they could be an NBA champion. It just, you know, I mean, and, and that's, that's kind of interesting and intriguing, I think, for all of us in the fan base uh, to see who actually takes the opportunity and runs with it. Uh, others may be not as connected or maybe not as into it, and that's where coaching comes into play as well. I mean, coaches can only do so much, but the group of players, you know, the motivation and the hunger that you have to have, and it'll be interesting to see who's the hungriest if they do get a chance to play uh, postseason basketball. Bowler, of all the scenarios that you've heard, which one do you favor uh, uh, the most? Well, you know, I, I think probably it's going to be, for you know, from what I gathered from this conference, uh, Zoom conference call today, it's safety of the players. And whether it's the Florida model or a potential Vegas model that's been out there for quite a while, you know, it's hard to separate players from their families for such a long time. So I think that's going to play into wherever the location may be picked that the family can still be together. Uh, also, I think it's a monstrous undertaking to try to quarantine, sequester. You know, I don't think it's going to be 30 teams, okay? So I, I don't see us, the Jazz, playing the final 18. And I could be totally wrong, but I could see them just jumping into the as a four seed against Oklahoma City, strangely enough. But the other part of this is to Gordon and Jake is there's really no home court advantage, right? So that makes it even more intriguing if they do go neutral courts. So um, the whole thing is, like like you said, this is territory we've never touched, and it may really depend on the personality of teams and those superstars on those teams who are going to lead them. And to me, I think that's going to be very intriguing if that's, if that's the direction the league goes. No home court advantage would make it just wild. I mean, it, it really would. I mean, how much more likely would we be to see an upset? I mean, much more, you would think, yeah. right? You, you know, Jake, in the NCAA tournament, you know, those regions, they seem to be, what would you call them, uh, you know, neutral courts. But in reality, most of the times, those one seeds in all four regions are right close to home. They may play in Atlanta, the Georgia Dome, not a far you know, toss from uh, Duke or uh, North Carolina, uh, you know, the same, you know, in the West, if they played, you know, uh, in L.A. at the Staples Center and you had something from the Pac-12, you know, you still get an incredible fan base. But this one would be no fans. And that, to me, really may be a separator, again, of leadership and just how close teams are and how hungry they want it. Uh, I think it's it's a scenario we'll probably never see again uh, if it comes to fruition. So, again, I'm just anxious to hopefully get everybody healthy and see a downturn and that we get a chance to actually live this and see see what happens. Well, we'll probably get into this a little bit more later, but uh, your thoughts on uh, episodes uh, five and six of the Jordan uh, docudrama. Wow. 
What do you guys think? You know what? I think we're going to see more of this. The gambling part of it really is fascinating to me. I think Gordo, Jake, we heard, and it's been well documented, but there's there's more to this story. I truly believe we haven't gotten to the point yet where his father uh, tragically lost his life, and, and of course Jordan is soon to be on his way to play uh, baseball for the Chicago White Sox. And there's all sorts of different conspiracy theories there. I'm intrigued to see that next couple of hours. And then, of course, how the Jazz uh, fit in. I did hear today that Stockton did talk, which is a rarity. He didn't want to at first, but I read that uh, John did agree to interview just before the, the shutdown with with COVID-19. So that'll be intriguing to get his response to plan against Jordan uh, as well. So, you know, last night I was, or Sunday night, just intrigued, man. It's, it's an amazing thing. Do you guys feel that, do you think Jordan's directing his own, his own story? Um, yes, very much. Yeah, I do. I do too. Very much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of started to really kind of understand that more, you know, Ahmad Rashad, who we knew and did a lot of shows with us during those finals, you know, is with Jordan a lot and basically was his spokesperson from what I gather, you know, with as an NBC reporter, and was uh, had incredible access to Jordan during those times. Um, you know, it's great to see the behind the scenes, but the Isaiah Thomas situation has been refueled about why he wasn't selected. And you know, when you see that several, or at least Michael had mentioned that several players didn't want to play with him. Uh, you know, those were a different time, too. When I'm watching those uh, old replays, guys, can you imagine this league today playing that physical? I, I don't see it. No way. No way. Everybody fell out. But it was a very physical lead in their league, and they were phys- especially the Pistons and the Bulls. Uh, that was a very physical um, non-respect for both teams when they got on the floor together. And uh, that obviously played into the no handshake. That obviously played into the way Jordan felt about about Isaiah. So, Bowler, during this whole thing, uh, we've been do, doing Drop of the Day here at uh, at 5.30, and we're going to do kind of a mini version because we found out during the break that you've never heard the David Locke uh, uh, T-shirt cannon bit. I can't believe you you've you haven't heard this. No, I have not, sadly. I'm, I, I've never heard this, so... Instant reaction right here. All right, yeah, we, we need your commentary. We're gonna play. Okay. We're gonna play the whole thing. All right, here we go. Five full time out now. One fifty seven left. I didn't get to see the replay on that. We'll try to see if we can get it. When we come back. Jazz by nine. One fifty seven left in the set. Oh my god. Jazz blast is going to be quite something if someone's listening to the radio. Thank goodness we got halftime here in a second. I'm going to need it. So for those of you, I don't. I apologize. I have no idea if I said anything or anything at all. But they shoot T-shirts out of the gun here in the building, and and I got hit by one. I'm sorry. I'm really kind of out of it right now. I'm <laughs> <laughs> full time out now. 157 left. I didn't get to see the replay on that. We'll try to see if we can get it when we come back. Jazz by nine, 157 left in the set. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they go right to break. 
<laughs> and if you listen closely, you can hear the T-shirt cannon. Oh, you can? Yeah. Hear, yeah, in the background. One more time. Listen for that T-shirt cannon. All right, full time out now. 157 left. I didn't get to see the replay on that. We'll try to see if we can get it when we come back. Jazz by nine. 157 left in the set. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, look. I just, if you count up the cannon shots, I believe it was either... <laughs> It was a grassy knoll that got him in. <laughs> it may have been shot five or six. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I, You know, I bet you and Locke, uh, you know, you go into all these live games with the game ops, uh, different situations around the entire country. I bet you've seen some stuff. Oh, I mean, how I've hilarious is that? that? That have never known, they're not paying attention, and someone will throw one of those T-shirts with one of those, uh, you know, it's a one T-shirt air-compressed gun, you know, that – bear all all the mascots have them and the the guy who's hanging out with him you know puts a a stick and then he loads it up and then he fires it and i've seen people that are so non-connected with the game like talking to their girlfriend or wife with a beer or a coke in their hand and that thing will ricochet off somebody and just pop them right in the face it's 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 dangerous man dangerous zone but see voters up there we have our new perks this year, which we're hanging out with Locke and Boone now. Uh, Boone loves a call for a T-shirt to come up there, and Locke's too busy, and I think uh, Boone's the one that probably uh, put him in harm's way. Baller, have you ever had anything strange happen in the middle of, while calling a game? Uh, I've had a lot of players fall on me, uh, and you try to just stay with it. Uh, I think that time when Ostertag beat the television monitor up, right in front of me was uh, almost comical, hilarious until you realize how much that little television monitor cost. And I came out of <laughs> Oster tags paycheck. And then the next day, the next night when we played, he got a kick out of it. We actually, we wrapped that monitor in bubble wrap and he, he got, I, that's the, one of the funniest I've ever seen, you know, the best I've ever seen him laugh. I think he pulled his loose, you know, he has, he only had, he was missing his front teeth. You guys remember that? Yep. Yeah. So he would, uh, kind of pull those out and laugh but yeah tag got angry on occasion and now, uh, that night he beat the little television monitor and uh dented it broke it it was non-repairable and uh tag had to pay for that out of his own pocket now he had the fred flintstone uh tattoo on his leg bowler i'm wondering if yeah. bowler jack were going to get a tat what would it be uh let's see if i was going to get a tattoo uh I was born as a Taurus, so maybe a Taurus the bull. How oh, about that? Oh. Hmm. Okay. Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Now, now, Bowler, when is that birthday coming up I here? Do not you rec- I do not recall. <laughs> uh, it's around here somewhere, isn't it? It's coming up. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's coming up. That's so. Well, trying to gonna... forget it. Trying to forget. But you know what, though? Everyone says, you know, it's just a number. And it's very true. We're Except to, after I get up off the, out of this chair and I have to hobble into the kitchen afterwards. And I'll. Yeah, the, then it's not a number anymore. It's not a number. <laughs> We're going to have to find a, a, a way to celebrate, Gordon. We're going to have to find a unique way to, uh, to, to celebrate with our guy, Bowler. Oh, man, I've, par- I've had gone to parties with Bowler around his birthday. This is always fun. Man. I know, Gordon, it's... but if you hadn't noticed, things aren't exactly normal. Yeah. Yeah, I have noticed. Maybe we'll do, you know, social distance on the driveway or something, or what do you think? There you go. Yeah. We'll figure bring it some, out. Uh, bring a balloon. 
<laughs> we'll launch it. We'll launch it high. Watch it float away. Oh man, Bowler! I want to I want to ask you a question about the the Last Dance documentary. But really, it's it's you've been to so many uh, great sporting events and called so many games and seen so many just incredible uh, athletes uh, over your career. It, it's just astonishing to me how petty Michael Jordan is. Like he's creating these slights against himself to go out and take it to Dan Marley because Jerry Krause liked his defense once. And they right. humiliate Tony Kukoc in the Olympics because right. Jerry Krause liked watching him play. I mean, all these these things that he just concocts in his brain to give him that extra sort of motivation. Uh, do all athletes have some of that? Do do, do uh, they figure out? Is there, I guess, a, a secret sauce to that kind of extraordinary competitiveness? Jake, that's a great question, and you know, a psychologist would probably love to to break down his his uh, personality. It's one I think that started. If you f- remember in the first episode, you remember that he was did not make his ninth or tenth grade basketball team. And I'm going to get back to this because this kind of ties into my comment. Um, and I, I thought, wow. And his mom told him, look, if you want to be good, then go back and practice. Now, that doesn't happen much today. A lot of parents, you know, ribbons and medals and trophies are so important for each participant. That wasn't the case when Jordan was uh, was growing up. But he, I think he desperately wanted his father's approval. And I think if you really broke it down, that's where it all started. And uh, the competitiveness, you know, just continues to build throughout this whole docu-series, guys. It's amazing. Um, and I was surprised the Isaiah Thomas issue, uh, you know, and then, of course, Dan Marley, coach, Amazing things that fueled his anger or competitiveness. And others would say, well, you can't argue with it because it, you know, earned him six championships. But it's a hell of a way to live. But also you saw him playing quarters uh, in the locker room with his, you know, support support staff, right? His his bodyguards, and how competitive he was, even with those guys, you know, to take a twenty dollar bill, and then he goes on to the golf course that he wants your money. Um, what was it? Was it uh, Will Perdue? Yeah. Who said, "Why are you coming up here to play dollar blackjack?" And he goes, "Because I want your money," <laughs> and it's almost like he wanted to own you. Uh, in, a, in a strange way um, and know that he was better than you. And that resonated, I think, so far throughout this entire docu-series. And what I talked about earlier real quick was when he you know, discussed the fact he didn't make his ninth or 10th grade basketball team. I went with Jerry Sloan and John Stockton to a Springville mass for the induction ceremony of those two same year that Michael Jordan was inducted. And I think you both know, and everyone is, is probably saw his speech and there were some tears, but also there was an unnecessary moment from my point of view. While I sat there when he actually called out the young ninth grader who is now 45 and he calls him out of the crowd who, in, who he invited to the induction ceremony and said, this guy over here, this guy over here uh, is the guy that beat me out of my you know, right to be on this ninth or 10th grade team. 
And we all kind of sat there like, wow, where is this going? And I just thought he belittled the man. And I, I thought that's not the time and place why you're being inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. And I felt bad for the guy, you know, honestly. But again, I think that's just Jordan. His competitive nature is probably beyond anything we've seen. And I think we're seeing it. We're getting a really good taste of it right now. And what's to come, who knows? But uh, he, he, I'm anxious to see how they handle his father's death, how they handle him being out of basketball, how they handle him coming back and the reasons why. And then, of course, the truth about whether or not uh, the flu game was actually the flu or was it a trip to Vegas? Because we also saw Sunday night that he was known to take a trip or two to casinos. And so I think the flu game uh, maybe be farcical, but we'll see. Well, one thing's for certain is that uh, it will be the story told as Michael wants it told. Um, he's willing to brush across a few of these more touchy things, but uh, we're certainly not going to dive into them. Uh, yeah. That, that isn't going to happen, not with any kind of objective voice. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, Bowler, is the, the shoes. I mean, this, this whole thing that happened with him, what a phenomenon. And these shoes are as in demand now as they ever have been. I've read somewhere where Jordan's wealth doubled from 2015. In the last five years, it's doubled. And it was already over a billion dollars. I mean, huh. it's, it, it shows you the power of of being great at what you do but but jordan uh, had he had questions? more than, he had, he had more bowler he had more than just the greatness on the court he had the charisma he had the look he had he had what people wanted to be yes be like mike um you know and i remember in the 97 and 98 finals uh as i think i've told you we huddle up in different groups uh, and, you know, if they called upon you, you had a chance to ask a question. And I was fortunate once to be called upon. And you, you looked directly into Michael at Michael and the beauty of him. And he knew the media so well. He engaged with you and he knew uh, how to use the camera to his advantage, but also how to engage uh, with the media and a reporter. I never met him until that time and um, did a locker room. Uh, walk out with a bunch of people during those the, those championship years, and he just had a magical way of dominating the space. I think is the best way to put it. Um, you know, uh, it's uh, it's it's an amazing thing. I I I'm anxious to see how it ends and where it goes uh, from here because there's a lot to this story that hasn't been told yet, and I, I'm not sure, like you said, Gordon, how much he'll reveal. And how much, uh, you know, about his dad and the continued, uh, you know, questions about his gambling. Uh, it's, it's intriguing to me. I, I felt he was defensive in a, in a couple of moments Sunday night, but I can understand why. And uh, what did you guys think personally when you saw him on the couch when he was talking about this isn't easy and this is the only place where I can find peace in my hotel room? That's really not the way to live. But did he create it or did someone else create it for him? His talent was obviously incredible and a level that we've not seen in modern time. But the, and that was really the first player that had the publicity and the PR 
behind him to make him even greater than than we could even imagine. But you're right, Gordon. He became more than a player. He became a business. And I think that probably started to wear him down, as he mentioned, even in 92, 93. Greg Bowlerjack with us. Of course, Bowler's been hanging out with us for the entire 5 o'clock hour. And, man, it's been fun. Bowler, you jump on and the hour just flies by, man. Hey, thanks, you guys, for having me on. Like I told you, it's um, I feel a little disconnect sometimes. I need to work, so you guys help me out. And Jazz Nation, by the way. We'll get through this sometime soon. And Bowler, as I was listening to that music coming back uh, from break, uh, I was picturing a young Craig Bowler Jack with a trumpet in his hand. <laughs> I like Re- playing. You know what I what happened when I got into high school? They wouldn't let me play anymore uh, because I was playing football, and and the, the band teacher said we don't allow football players because you're never at practice. And I thought, well, golly, yeah, I got football practice, but I could still play, and they wouldn't let me. So, oh. boy, that's yeah. that, that's fair. too bad. That's tragic. <laughs> I've been scarred ever since. I still got, I still have it downstairs in my little case. I get it out once in a while, but it's tough. You just lose that. Uh, well, this is going to make you guys laugh, but if you play an instrument, it's that puckability, right? Pucker, puckerability. <laughs> Wait have, a minute, just, Bowler. Just goes away. Wait, hold on, hold on. I let no, Bowler get away with all these ability words and whatnot, but puckerability. <laughs> That's true. I mean, anybody who's listening, am I right? If you play a, a horn instrument with a mouthpiece like mouth mouthpiece like that, if you lose your lip, <laughs> you can't play. <laughs> See if someone tweets I'm right or wrong right now. I believe you, Bowler. Got to have the the strong chops, right? Right. Play the trumpet. Maybe I should ask Sharon this, but did it make you a better kisser? <laughs> I knew you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> of course, we all knew. It was inevitable. <laughs> Oh, and why do you want to know? Good point. Good point, Austin. Uh, Bowler, why we've got you, just uh, just to talk a little bit of basketball here in this segment. Uh, the NBA talked about opening up facilities. Dennis Lindsay said they might not be right ready to go on the 8th, but uh, a couple of days later. Does that, does that give you some optimism as we look at this? I mean, I'm, we don't have anything definitive, but it feels like it's at least movement. Yeah, I think it's a step, and you have to have the first step before you can uh, resume play, and I I think that's good news. I know the Jazz will go through all the protocol, as Dennis, as you guys heard, uh, with uh, what the, the health departments are suggesting. But you know what? When it really comes down to it, you're dealing with investments, and these players are huge investments. And the one fear I think everybody has, if you start up and have to restart, uh, then you have, you know, you've got a long ways back. So I know you got to put your toe in the water and take chances, uh, but it's just got to be the right time and give yourself, you know, the right time to feel better about making that decision. So I get what Dennis is saying. I know players want to get back at it. I know they'll limit those who can come and go. I'm sure there'll be some sort of a testing protocol when it all occurs and that's that's i'm all for that and even when we start to play and and we begin to broadcast again i wouldn't be surprised in the early going that we have to pass some sort of a a protocol uh, for temperature Uh, maybe by that time too jake and gordon they have a better uh, test a faster test that could give an indication of of what your status is so you know i think we'll find this all out together but i am i am intrigued by having them open the facility 
And I think what was it? The original plan was four at a time, no more than four with, there's four courts there, four half courts. So you could actually have one individual with a coach uh, on the court, a uh, half court. And maybe that's what the plan will be. It's probably ever changing, but for a fan, it's probably the first step in a long road back. And I, you know, I, I don't know if we'll play postseason. I hate to see an asterisk on this year with no champion crown. Um, but if it happens, it happens, and you got to move on. And hopefully, whether it's Christmas Day or just before or after, we get back to playing basketball. But it could be limited as well in December if that's when the, the goal is to start a new season in the sense of every other seat, every other row. Uh, do, you, do you actually test temperatures on individuals who come into arenas? I don't know. This is going to be a monstrous tax task to restart basketball and professional sports all over the world. Baller, I, I know that uh, there are in this environment in which we're operating right now, there's all kinds of concerns out there that are more important than sports. But in our lives, it's it's a big, big deal, obviously. Curious to know what what uh, what you're missing the most as it pertains to the games. You know, I, I don't even hesitate. I miss the people. Uh, I miss, um, you know, coming into the studio on a Tuesday. I miss uh, seeing the Redcoats and security and uh, the fans who either yell or heckle. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's just there. Ener- there's energy there that you feed off of, and there's nothing like pregame, and there's nothing like just before tip-off and the excitement of the moment. And I think it's just a huge release for so many fans that are embraced with a team, no matter if it's Utah, Green Bay, you know, San Diego, Portland, wherever it may be. Now, you know, there's love affairs with your franchise. Love them or hate them, people are fanatic about about their fan base and. Uh, that's the one thing I miss. I miss, and, and for me personally, I just miss the adrenaline of the moment and the prep. And then when the light goes on, you can't turn back. It's live. And I like that test. Uh, I, I, I love the moment when you put the ball in the air and you know for the next two and a half hours, my job, Thurl's job, Kristen's job, Matt's job is just to basically do the best entertaining and be informative and call one of the most exciting games you can. Because in reality, you never know how what the outcome will be. And that's kind of the driving force in sport. When you think this may be a blowout, it, it may not. And that's that's the thing I miss is the unknown. And um, that's kind of in a nutshell. There's a lot of areas there that, that I covered, but I think each piece of it, each piece that I mentioned plays into a whole night, a whole game of what we do and the interaction that we have with so many great people. No doubt. Well, Bowler, thank you for dropping by for the whole 5 o'clock hour. It was a lot of fun. Hey, guys, always appreciate the invite and uh, hope to see you both in the studio soon. And, Austin, one day you'll take those blue blue gloves off, I promise. I hope so. I hope that's the plan. Austin's hands aren't permanently blue. I thought he was part Smurf. (laughs) One of these days I'll graduate med school. Yeah. <laughs> Stay safe, Bowler. Great, thanks, Bowler. Great to talk to you both, guys. Be careful. See you, buddy. That's Greg Bowler Jack, of course, our good friend, joins us every Tuesday here on the big show. Stay tuned. We'll have more next 97.5 and 1280 the zone.